Are, are you Church of England? Yeah, we're, we, we're a church in England. Yeah, yeah. Are you Baptist? Yeah, we believe in baptizing. Are you Pentecostal? Yeah, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Are you Methodist? Well, we've got a certain amount of method, yeah. <laughs> Are you brethren? Well, yes, we believe in brethren. Yeah. Not Seventh-day Adventists, because we won't, we won't spoil our Saturday by having meetings. <laughs> right, what did you come up with? Just quick. Come on, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Apostolic community. Right. Okay. That that looks as though it's due for quite a long explanation. <laughs> Family. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we must all have to do this sometimes. Time. They say, church. What? what? What you, what you, what, what sort of church are you? I mean, I mean, you must have had that question. So, are you Anglican? Yeah. I mean, that's what people know, isn't it? So, uh, somebody over here. Oh, Julian. Okay. Okay. We're not stable. We're not safe. Right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, a threat to the enemy. Okay, yeah. So it's it's a, a sense of of movement, not not a sort of. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, we focus on kingdom rather than church. Some people need an incentive to actually engage. Most of you get back in your box. Most people are doing this for their reward in heaven, but there are one or two who need. <laughs> no. Sorry, Jude. Purposeful activity, yes. Yes. Okay, an outward looking community want to see people's lives transformed, yeah? You're getting close. Isn't it amazing the number of people that start speaking the moment you wave something like that in the air? You know? I mean, Lisa, she's nearly jumping up and down the moment she saw that. Dependent on God, yeah, yeah. You're so poetic, aren't you, Andy? You know, that, that romantic bit comes out, you know. Expiring, aspiring to be a an axe church, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, act, a 
CTS. Yeah, you know, probably most of you don't remember Eric Vaughan from St. Martin, but he used to call his church Acts 29. It's probably lost on some of you, but there's only 28 chapters, so yeah. Uh, somebody over here? Yeah, body of people motivated by God's love. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Lisa came close. Not quite close enough, but... <laughs> she keep trying. Um, we are a community. In fact, you know, to be honest, I don't even really like to use the term church because I have so much then that I've got to say, but we're not this and not that. That's why I don't like the term Christian because there's so much of it I don't want to identify with. But community, um, family, that's good. And, I mean, not this is not a, about what we say, but it's us understanding what we are. Basically, to be an accurate representation of what God wants on the earth. That's really what we're setting out to be. Not to maintain a tradition or a particular structure. Uh, certainly, therefore, that means doing what he gives us to do and being how he wants us to be uh, as, a, as a primary thing. So, all right, we, we emphasize relationship and family and commitment, all those, all those things which are really essentially God's heart and what God is like. I just wanted to take a, a moment to refer you back to the scriptures as to why we are like this. Now look, we don't go around essentially rubbishing other things. This is why I look at it. Other people don't have to be wrong to make me right. You know? They can be different. If I was to do uh, what others do, that would be absolutely wrong because it would be going against what I see. If I was to build church, lead church, be part of a church which is different to what we're, we are doing, that, that would be completely uh, wrong because it's, it's not consistent. I believe one thing, I'd be doing something else. I don't know. I mean, it's not my responsibility um, how people express church and, and life. My responsibility is to be faithful, and yours as well, of course, is to be faithful to the revelation God's given us, to walk that, and to help others who are open and interested in wanting to discover that, to find that way, which is essentially what we do, whether it's in our interaction with people in this country and most often overseas. It's what we're doing. We're not actually exporting a form of meeting uh, or any sort of structure like that, but the, the values which are consistent with the heart of what God wants to make uh, an accurate representation of him on the earth. Let me just share a couple of scriptures with you just so that we see why. Now, when we were away last weekend... Um, Beck read to us Isaiah 61 from something which is called... She said it was... Is she here? 
Beck? Street Bible, never heard of it, but it's one of these rather kind of trendy Mickey Mouse versions that, you know, you can give a little bit of license as to what you want to, what you want to say, but it was really good. Have you got that? Yeah? The Spirit of God is coursing through every part of me. He's commissioned me to announce the breaking news, fantastic news for the poor. He sent me to mend broken hearts. See, immediately, second line, you'll get in something which is about engaging in the real world of real people rather than performing some kind of service on the outside. To liberate those slammed up in dark prisons. To announce the news that this is an era of God going gentle on his people. It's payback for our enemies. My manifesto is to get alongside the grieving, to swap their burnt out hopes for beautiful crowns, to exchange their regrets for delight, to trade their despair for celebration songs. It'd be like towering sculptures chiseled out by God to be a constant reminder of his brilliance. So, from that, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting to see it expressed in a, in a, in a language that we're not familiar with, uh, or a way of pre- presentation not familiar with. But just, just think about that for a moment. God's purpose being expressed there, deal with people where they really are. Not to kind of skim across the surface and present a kind of uh, spiritual platitudes. Uh, And I don't know about you, but it really gets me when there's some sort of crisis or tragedy and you get some religious person interviewed on the television and really all they can offer is that. And I think, boy... That's, that's, not, that's not really where it's at. It, it's, it's being introduced to a living God who can go where we simply cannot go to, of course, bring fantastic news for the poor, but to mend broken hearts. There's no one can do that. We, we can't do that. But that's what God can do. And that's what many of us experience, that he can do in us what we can't do in ourselves. This is the real stuff. Liberate those slammed in dark prisons. It's not obviously referring to wormwood scrubs. It's basically um, being imprisoned with issues that they can't get free, either from an external um, circumstantial situation and the effect it's had or needs within themselves. God's heart towards his people starts from a place of love manifesto get alongside the grieving swap their burnt out hopes for beautiful crown that's very very interesting so why are we like we are is because we want to engage in the reality of who God is what his intention is and what his power can produce really don't want to skim across the surface 
and have some meeting in a building and not touch the reality of lives and uh, and introduce people to the 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 awesome transforming power of God. James one verse twenty seven. Um, have you got that in the living the living Bible? Oh, wonderful, Pax, you're doing great there. I got a little smile out of him then. The Christian who is pure and without default, without fault, attends the meeting, reads the Bible, prays, can recite the catechism, and gives an offering. Guys, it's just, you know, we've got to understand things have drifted a long way away from what God intended. The Christian is pure and without fault, from God the Father's point of view, is the one who takes care of orphans and widows, who remains true to the Lord, not soiled or dirtied by his contacts with the world. You know, this, this doesn't mean to say because everybody's, uh, I don't know, shoplifting, we can shoplift. It, 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 everybody's fiddling, fiddling their tax so we can fiddle their tax. I mean, yeah, it does mean that, but primarily this is about living with a different value system. Living so that issues of fame and uh, importance and money and popularity that those which are essentially the values of this world are not our values um, that numbers and, 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 and size and impact you know there, there are things which competitiveness um, jealousy uh, that's, that really that stuff shouldn't really be uh, involved in the kingdom so it's very very important that we recognize we live by a different value system what God really wants God's point of view is actually doing the stuff and remaining true to what he wants and then of course we've got scriptures we often refer to um, in the NIV, Matthew 5, 13 and 14 speaks about uh, salt in the earth. And we understand that salt is something which makes a significant difference. You can't miss it. Uh, light in the darkness, again, a very, very strong uh, picture of saying standing out against the prevailing situation, the circumstance. So... I suppose you could do that by being utterly bizarre. You know, I think, do you remember the Moonies? How many of you remember the Moonies? Yeah. It was a sect that was just really, really way out. Well, I suppose you could say they stood out by being sort of obnoxious and bizarre uh, and doing all sorts of weird things. That's not quite what it means when it talks about being light in the darkness. With light in the darkness is showing what God is like. Not just being visible and obvious. A city set upon a hill is there to show what God is like, not just to, not just to be noticed. 
because of its, its fame or situation. I was, I was speaking to Steve Derbyshire this week after that building uh, collapse, and he said, uh, it's just funny, isn't it? Now we're on the BBC News and in the papers and all that sort of thing. He said, but really from the wrong sort of thing, you know. It's not about how much, how much visibility or publicity we get. It's about whether we're showing uh, what God is like. We have to be faithful to, to show what he's like. Then uh, a scripture we've, uh, we've referred to a lot, Micah 6 verse 8, again in the NIV. Uh, have we got that one as well? What does God want? Micah 6, verse 8. There you go. What is good? What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. You know, each time we look at that, we think, man, that's a good way to sum it up in a few words. Yeah? Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. I think when I hopefully meet these guys next week, that we would have acted justly, we're walking humbly, but we love mercy. I think that will be right in line with what God wants, that there is always scope for repentance and forgiveness and for mercy. They're going to be in a place to pay back what they took, but that is not really the issue, is it? Uh, the issue is that there is first, maybe God will provide that they can do that, but primarily, from our point of view, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God, with your God. So, why are we like we are? Community, family, accurate expression. Well, those scriptures pretty much sum it up. And if you add to that the new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, loving one another, loving him and loving one another uh, is what God requires. And we've always, always determined you can't do that on the basis of meetings. You've got to do that on the basis of life. Because if you love one another the love of God, it's got to affect the totality of our lives. So that's why we are. So what we're like... Why we're like this. But then I wanted to pick up for just a little while from last weekend um, where we're going. And uh, we, we'll, we'll share this around a little bit uh, because it was very interesting. We felt it would be good to take a little time to just kind of, in a, in a safe environment, to kind of just dream. You know We've always felt that as you're before the Lord, it's, it's sometimes we just dream ourselves right into the mind of God. We just pick up things that he wants and catch his mind. And uh, I give you a scriptural basis for that. I can't think what it is at the moment, but I'd have to look it up. <laughs> I've got it in the back of my mind, but, but there is a scriptural basis for, what, for it. Um, but it, it, it's something, it's, it's very interesting that 
that we've done. And, and this last weekend was a very interesting exercise. And I felt it would be good that we just take a little time to talk about that. Both what we've already done, what we're like, just to remind ourselves. But importantly, why we like it. Because this is how we see God wants us to be. I hope. You know, if you felt God wanted us to be a Methodist, you shouldn't be here. You know, you should go to wherever the Methodist is. You know, so we're, we're actually engaged in what we believe God has called us to be and do. Are we perfect? No. Which, in a sense, is good. Because if we were, we'd be done, finished and wiped out and we wouldn't be here next week. Because, you know, we're moving on to that. Um, you know, once we arrive at that point, we're done, finished with being here. Uh, and that could be inconvenient for some. So, so we had this, okay, what, what do we feel? What, is, what could be that God wants? So I was looking at that thinking about sharing together with you this week, I had a very, very interesting thing. As I looked at it, and I've written down a number of things, no end of the things I looked at, I thought, actually, that's already happening. Or it's in embryo. Or I can see like the green shoots of that appearing. And it suddenly struck me that there were things coming up which were we're not, you know, here we're starting from scratch, but here's something that, that is already sort of in train, in motion. So I thought we'd, we'd just take a little time to share uh, a few of those things, um, just so that we can, we can sort of get a grasp of where we're going. Remember um, Psalm 18, verse 19, uh, where the Lord speaks about bringing us into a broad place. Remember also the, the background to what we believe. Uh, we are not believing that, that we will kind of come under an ever-increasing uh, pressure of sin. And, I mean, this is, this is how my background, how I grew up, what I was taught, that, that sin would just get worse and worse and worse. And just at the last moment, when we were about to to sink under a sea of sin, um, the trumpet of the Lord would sound and I would be whisked away and all the naughties would be left behind, which, of course, is completely base over apex if you really look at the scripture. And really look at the scripture, it's the good ones that are left behind, not the bad ones, because it all comes from as it was in the days of Noah. But anyway, that's digressing a little bit. So this idea of, of a kind of decline until almost we're wiped out, and then there's a rescue at the last minute, has no sound biblical basis, although it's taught fervently across the world. What is a lot clearer is the prophecy in Daniel, in chapter 2, where he has this picture of this statue constructed of all various strong materials, and then a, a rock or stone being cut from the rock, not by human hand, and this, this stone that's cut from the rock basically destroys the statue. 
completely um, removes it, smashes it to pieces. And then he brings, and the interpretation of this is that God is raising up a kingdom that will subsume all other kingdoms. In other words, he is, and this is about on earth, he's not about heaven, it's about him restoring uh, a demonstration of what he always intended in the first place. Which leaves us, as a kingdom-minded people, to be looking (coughs) to what God is going to do and to be praying something which is fairly familiar but nobody ever believed. Your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth. And I, I mean, I, when I think how we used to pray that, but believe the very opposite, that it was all going to happen when we got on streets of gold and all that nonsense, that how, how kind of bonkers you can be, how completely perverse you can be in your mind. So we're looking to see the kingdom come and to to be something which demonstrates what God is like here on earth. And that particular prophecy therefore becomes very important and central to that. So as a people that are looking to show what God is like in an accurate way, with an expectation that the totality of society must be affected like salt in the earth, like light in the darkness, to show what God is really like on the earth. So that's kind of behind our thinking. So um, there are a number of things that came up. We'll just see what we've got time for today, because I know you all want to go make snowmen and play in the snow and that sort of thing. Why that would be more attractive than listening to me, I can't for the life of me understand. Don't you look like that either. Right, so one of the things that came up, in fact we started off with this, was I think it was, um, we were kind of working in groups, and Anthony had this, talks about uh, Lifeline Labs um, championing ideas. And, and where's Ant? Just, just tell us a little bit about it. Actually, I'll tell you what, we need this. Where's, is Andrew Garrard here? Andrew, you've got a job to do. Take that over to Anthony, or Anthony can might come here a bit. I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Just tell us a, a little bit about what your idea was, Andrew. You can sit down here a minute in the front because I shall want you again in a minute. Don't think you're going to get off that lightly. All right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about and what you're going to be starting. Um. You know, it can be sometimes. Perhaps you're one of those persons who can relate to the fact that you hear that there's some new things started in the church. Perhaps there's a course or an event or something happening, but you're not really fully aware of who it's for and what the details are. I should be able to help with that. Perhaps you're a person who's organising or arranging a new thing, a new endeavour in the church, and actually you could do with somebody helping you to more clearly articulate it. Um, and uh, promote it well I could help with that or perhaps um, you're fairly new in the church and you have got an idea of something you really want to run with and you're not sure of the protocol for how to go about you know, trying out your thing so Lifeline Labs L-A-B-S as in short for laboratory 
Um, the idea is that we have a collective of new endeavour that I could particularly act as a promoter, a publicist, for the new things that are bubbling up within us. Because the one thing I can do is I can package an idea and sell it. So um, for those of you who've got ideas, I can help sell your ideas. For those who are feeling, I'm not sure what this thing's about, I can help communicate it. But as John's saying, there were a whole raft of ideas came up last weekend. And a number of them are already bubbling away. And we want to foster uh, an environment of, of permission and experimentation and have a go. And sometimes people need a little bit of encouragement uh, to do that or in communicating their thing. So Lifeline Labs, you could think of it as a, an umbrella or a label that describes the new things that are bubbling up within us with me as a particular publicist, promoter, for those ideas. Yeah, that'll do. That gives us an idea. Interesting. So the, ac the action on that. <laughs> the action on that is you'll find after the meeting he's shoveling snow into a container bound for Eskimo land. <laughs> the action is to make sure that I'm aware, so I want to hear about the new things that are bubbling up. So if you've got an idea or you're working on something... Talk to me. I want to know about it because I can help uh, sharpen communications and promote it for you. Great. It's interesting, see, as we move into this broad place that God is giving us a lot of uh, innovative and new things, and uh, that is going to help to facilitate the development very significantly. So that's, that's really good. I'm excited about that. So different things coming up. Let me pick up um, one or two others. In, uh, in what we're doing. Hmm. Yeah. How about this one? An artisan's hub. Um, Else or Lorraine or Beck, tell us something what you've got lined up there. Uh, yeah, can you... Thanks, Andrew. Just, I'm just making the point that these are things which are coming up, but they're already um, happening amongst us in as much as uh, God has spoken to us about coming into this broad place. And the very nature of that is a whole host of, of kind of different things. Um, oh, you're here? I am, yeah. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, no, that's good, yeah. Um, I felt that God was really stirring me in my own creativity a little while ago. And beyond that, I felt that that was something that he was perhaps stirring other people in as well. And there are quite a number of us that that's true for. But that um, bit from Isaiah that John read out earlier on was very key to that in terms of just bringing that sense of God's beauty back to this area and um, using creative talents as part of that. And so we've got a few things starting to happen. David Ferrigia is um, going to be hosting um, a life drawing class on a Sunday evening. And there's various things like Beata is um, doing some knitting classes. And there's some craft workshops going on. There's a few different little things. So it's one of those things that's very much in the embryo. It's just starting to see some green shoots coming up. But the real vision, ultimate vision, is to have a hub 
in this community where artisans can practice their creative talents, but it's very much with the view of um, kind of drawing people alongside and igniting, sparking that creative talent in those who are out there. Mm. Excellent. Getting the idea? Here's another one. Uh, it's on the other sheet, but I'll kind of dive around a little bit. But uh, church broadening out through generations, importing, in, impacting the community at a broad level. Um, maybe uh, reaching grandparents. Well, you know that I've already uh, decided to, to write a course for grandparents. In fact, I've already written it. Uh, it didn't take long. I just took the parenting thing and tore it up. Uh, but we, we're talking to loosing of and about you know the kind of more practical, realistic side of things, and she'll probably produce something like that. That's called government by Newsleak. <laughs> That's, that's just one of the things. But here's the other thing, very interesting. Um, Andrew, take that over to um, Avril, please, and tell us, Avril, uh, just a little something about safer families. Um, for the last year, we've been talking to a guy who's been wanting to set up this model in the UK called Safe Families, which is a, something that's already operating in the States. And it's basically an alternative foster care in three states in um, America now. Finally, he has been able to get some financial backing, which is very exciting, and we just got that signed off a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to be one of the pilots in the UK, one of the two pilots in the UK, to set up Safe Families, which is a volunteer-based support family-to-family. It's, it's a, we're one of the pilots because it's very like what we're doing in Open Doors already, family-to-family support, long-term, getting alongside people, supporting them. And this is, it gives us a chance to go wider now and to um, recruit additional families. So mm. there'll be more as that comes out, but it's very exciting. It's just two weeks ago we got the sign-off. Can you see a kind of variety of different things that God is just bringing to us, you know? Um, another thing, harvests of souls, too many to fit in. Well, okay, there's all the things that we're currently doing in LCP. But, um, is put, um, Joe, is Paul is not here? No. All right. Um, I'll get Paul soon to tell us something about what's going to happen uh, in terms of engaging with the um, uh, churches over the Olympics and uh, an event prior to that. And probably next week or the week after we say something about that, just so that we know that that's coming up. Um, um, uh, Waggy, who some of you remember, was here during the conference based over in West London, um, working into the, um, well, I don't know, Middle Eastern community, I suppose it would be, a lot of Egyptian people. Uh, he's been speaking to me about what they're doing and how they want us to be involved uh, over that period of time with people coming in to particularly, I think, reach the uh, Islamic community. Um, here's another one. Go-to place for people with, uh, for gap years or teaching models in uh, universities. Nath, can you tell us something? Right up the back there, Andrew, uh, about this 
thought about teams internationally and uh, how we could use DULOS and also what we're currently doing in terms of uh, teaching models in university. Right, okay. Could I finally finish with something I could comment on? Um, See, I'm doing what the BBC do, you know. Do you notice they're giving longer and longer intros before they let the person speak? It's basically they, they earn their money on the number of words they can get in. Right, you ready? Anyway, as I was Good, saying... Right. So, um, in terms of having impact in university, one of the things on there I can't actually read is something about that, modules. Um, Robin has, for the last probably year or so, when she's not swanning off in snowboard resorts, um, been lecturing as a guest lecturer on UEL social work undergraduate course. Um, which is quite impressive because she gets to talk about our VIP mentoring approach and how social work should be and how it should be reflective of really the principles that we practice in church. And they now want to talk to her about also guest lecturing on their postgraduate social work course. That's all very exciting. I suppose the thought that came from the weekend away is how do we further that? How do we have a greater influence on social work students and perhaps other university students? The other side of things that we're looking at is um, on the international side of things, looking at how we can use international trips to develop um, young people that aren't doing very well in schools and in education, helping them to see something beyond themselves. And uh, we've got a real belief that when you take people away, somewhere like Sierra Leone, South Africa, wherever it may be, um, they get an opportunity to see something beyond themselves. And there's also potential, not just for young people, but anyone that goes on that team. So we're looking on the back of the the multidisciplinary team that we took before Christmas, we're looking to see how we can do that more and how that's something that corporates will be able to find an interest in funding more than perhaps some of our other programs and how the whole preparation program can use a do-loss-type approach for those young people to to do the team-building stuff, which will then have a direct application in them being able to apply for jobs and get them. Great. While you're there, um, Judy, just tell us, because one of the things that came up also in the world in which we live was the whole issue of debt management. Just tell us a little progress you've made recently on that. Um, we've been interested in looking at the different um, organisations out there that help people who have found themselves in debt. And we've recently made steps to partner with a local church, St Thomas's, that is working as an arm of Christians Against Poverty, which is a national charity, and they go into people's homes, they visit with them, they find out what the situation is, and then they work with the the family to bring the stuff into the open, talk to the people they owe money, and work out a manageable um, plan to repay what they can physically repay over a number of years. But in that, they also put aside money for giving, money for family to spend time together and just locally the, the woman who's heading it up said that she's had the opportunity to work with 12 people who were suicidal one man who planned to take his own life and the life of his wife and children um, and they are going to be debt free in three years so you can see this is a local problem, she's booked out now until May and um, so Dave Ackerman and I have signed up to start volunteering with them to help them see more people and also get involved in practical things like inviting them to church, taking them to buy groceries, um, visiting, phoning, inviting to group, 
Um, so you can see there's a real practical so, way of... Like another it. line of involvement yeah. right into yeah. needs in the community, which is interesting because uh, one of the other things that came up was uh, finding a bridge uh, into most vulnerable families and where uh, professionals are not able to, to do that. And I, I think if, if we just, uh, Andrew, get Sally to give us a little update, we already know about Open Doors, we're already doing this, um, but really recognising the refer referrals that we're getting from uh, professionals now and the scope for that to, uh, to increase and develop. Yeah, and we've recently had um, referrals from the um, Redbridge Social Work Team. It's the Children with Disabilities Team. And we've had three referrals for them asking for marriage input for couples who have um, either disabled children or children who are very sick. So obviously there's a real stress on the marriage because of that. And then there are some additional things as well. Um, these are people from different... Um, so the thing that I said was, yes, we could do that. You would need to make sure that they're happy that we would be coming from a, a Christian, a, a church perspective. And the social workers went back and checked that out, and they came back and said, yes, they're happy with that. Um, so it's just quite interesting that it's a whole new area, really, that's, that's opening up there with the social work teams. Excellent. And then, of course, some of you here and others not necessarily here today have benefited from what's already been happening in that realm. Uh, a church that families of children with special needs hear about, well, that's again already happening. We've been uh, recently doing some training and gain, gaining some more experience. This week I've met with a, an organisation that specialise in certain aspects of that work and they're going to be coming to uh, see if they can impart further understanding and wisdom to help us to take that further as well. So um, a lot of interesting things happening there as well as we've already now just completed the first crossroads. We'll be doing another one of those, another abundant life. Both of those things are new and so many more. Uh, there really isn't time. I don't want to take more time now, but I wanted you to catch, as I did, the flavour of so many different things um, happening and not just sort of, you know, we dream, but it's a lot closer uh, in many of these things than we necessarily think at the present time. So I think I'll leave it there because, as I've said, so many other things we could touch on but God is bringing us into the broad place what I felt was very significant was a prophetic prayer that um, that God gave us through uh, Lisa and I, I would like uh, at this point Lisa if you could just um, just share that prayer and we join in that prayer uh, because in essence I know we're going to pick this up on Tuesday and pray specifically into some of these things and some other things which Neil's already uh, lined up for us. But to actually be um, picking this up now, uh, particularly with a prophetic prayer, I think would be very, very um, significant. So can we stand together, and as Lisa comes to lead us uh, in this, 
let's make sure that we, we are listening and engaging um, in, in responding with our, our, our amens, our yes, our agreement uh, to, to this prophetic prayer. Lord, our prayer is that you fill us with your spirit, mm. that you yes, invade Lord. and permeate our very beings. Yes. We need that connection with you that sustains and upholds us. Mm. The way ahead is unclear, and yet, Lord, I know that you have a path marked out for us, mm. one that's unclear but yet marked with change and movement. For I sense that this is a year of change for us, and that change does not always feel good, but the destination you have is worth the cost. Yes, Lord. Mm. But there's more in us, Lord, that needs to be refined, to be changed in line with your purposes. Mm. For you have made us to be a family that pioneers a way of being. Yes, Lord. A way mm. of being that demonstrates mm. your love. Lord, grant that. Yeah. Lord, take Lord, our Lord. community and mm. make it yours. Yes, let it be known as a sanctuary where the Lord may be found, yes. where healing and peace are found, where safety abounds. Mm. Lord, of justice to fit your purpose. Yes. Help us to hold nothing back from you, to give it all to you. Let there be nothing that we will not lay down for you, mm. nothing that we hold higher than you. For you are the mighty one, the king the Lord who holds all things together for each of us. Lisa, just take that last paragraph again. Lord, take our community and make it yours. Lord, take our community and make it yours. Let's just pause there. Say a yes to God, can we? Let it be known as a sanctuary where the Lord may be found. Let's pause again. A sanctuary where the Lord may be found. Not a place of religious ceremony, but a place of healing, a place of mending of broken hearts, releasing from, from the bondage of, of internal prison. The very thing we started with at the beginning. Yeah. Where healing and peace are found, where safety abounds. Lord, adjust us to fit your purpose. Yes, Lord. Mm. Help mm. us to hold nothing back from you, to give it all to you. Yes, Lord. Let there be nothing that we will not lay down for you, nothing that we hold higher than you. For you are the mighty one. Mm. You are the king. You are the Lord who holds all things together yes. for each of us. Hallelujah. Amen.